0: Welcome to episode 146 of the Startup Show. Today we are here at the offices of Dufault Aerospace and I'm talking to the co-founder Thomas. We talk about being a helicopter pilot, we talk about their startup and aviation, but we also talk why you should not hesitate to actually try your idea yourself. Make sure to to stay tuned for the whole video. Welcome to episode 146 of the Startup Show. Today we are here at the offices of Dufo Aero and we are talking today to the co-founder Thomas. Thomas, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you. I'm really excited about the industry you're in. Uh, but as usual on the Startup Show, you get about a minute and a half to introduce yourself to all the people out there who don't know you yet. Yeah,
1: welcome as well. Thank you very much for this opportunity, Cedric. I'm Thomas, coming from Switzerland, aviation person from my for my entire life. Yes flying helicopters and did uh, some as well as start so i created already several startups in my life and then um, yeah. and the last one is for Aerospace.
0: Right. Before we go more into Tufair Aerospace i want to reflect a little bit on on your time where you're still a pilot uh, for helicopters at the uh, Air Zamat. Maybe you can elaborate like what caused or triggered the idea of for Aerospace. I guess like it is very close connected to to your ambition at <laughs>
1: Yeah, the, the ambition is the following, flying uh, professional helicopters in the high mountains for Air Zermatt since uh, 30 years mm-hmm. bo- soon. We had a project at some point as well, building the first aerobatic uh, electric aircraft mm-hmm. to do aerobatics, and this triggers finally this project of a, a vertical takeoff and landing aircraft uh, on an electric base. Mm-hmm. So first it was this uh, aerobatic aircraft, and as we've seen that, how, how great that flies, how advanced electric propulsion can mm-hmm. be for uh, aviation we designed this new aircraft basically combines the fast uh, advantage of an aircraft or the, the big advantage of an aircraft cruising fast and the big advantage of an helicopter being able to, to take off and land vertically
0: mm-hmm. when you look at your pilot career and all the things that you've experienced do you see um, any learnings or experiences that you would say helped you throughout your entrepreneurial activities totally the the I would say one of
1: the biggest uh, points that I learned is decision making, so
0: yeah. the way
1: flying helicopters and the decisions you have to take are pretty pretty similar to, as the decisions you make in a, in a startup, mm-hmm. so basically you have to make sure that you don't kill yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and and what, what else is like, because again, we haven't had so many pilots, uh, especially helicopter pilots, so what what other things are, let's say, similarities besides, let's say? Um,
1: there is a, a lot of unexpected things, so mm-hmm. the, a startup is very com- a, a complex organization. It's that means you don't know exactly where you end up and every day there are different things that come up to you. And that's pretty much similar to flying helicopters. Mm-hmm. So you don't have all the informations, and this means you have to act and decide accordingly.
0: And now you also act um, as an investor sometimes? Um what is your focus there?
1: Yes, being an angel investor being uh, helping other f- uh, companies as well to to get uh, their feet on off the ground I'm pretty much on the technical side so in mm-hmm. iot is is not an area where i see a big potential for the future yeah as well uh, mainly technology companies mm-hmm.
0: okay, so let's talk about uh, dufo aerospace what do you guys do give us a short pitch uh, so so we fully agree
1: we started with a project uh, to build an aerobatic aircraft mm-hmm. electrically. This flew two years ago um, very successfully so I was as well with my co-founder or one of the co-founders of Dufour Aerospace able to fly that aircraft for uh, more than 70 hours flight time and this led to the to this new design. The high energy of electric motors they led to this to this new design an aircraft that is able to take off and land vertically mm-hmm. and then and being able to cruise very fast at very safe, very ecologic, very cost-friendly.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. I want to talk about the cost a little bit later, but like when you look um, at your vision, who can fly this plane, I mean, like today, if you want to become a pilot, any sort of plane uh, or helicopter, it's a very, very long and expensive process. Who is it meant for and who can fly this?
1: I would say the flying this aircraft is not the primary target. Uh, the primary target is, using this aircraft as a new way of transportation. Mm -hmm. And you are way faster with these aircrafts at a cost that for everybody is affordable. Mm -hmm. Opposite to helicopters of today where just a very small group of people are able to afford, these new aircrafts, they cost like cars. And that means many, many more people on this planet are um, able to to, to use them. Mm -hmm. And this is basically the industry that Goes into it. These aircrafts will be used as a transportation device for people from A to B, or from uh, into the city, out of the city, or commuter-like travel distances, and this is basically what we what we aim for. So yeah. there will be at the beginning probably pilots who fly it, but the aim is to, to, for these people who, who need a, a fast and efficient and ecologic transportation.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, when you look at the different specs of your aircraft that you're building right now, what do you have to imagine? Can I fly now from Zurich to New York?
1: There are three ways. One is uh, the long range, mm-hmm. clearly today's uh, aviation that exists. Then the very short range, kind of multi-copter aircraft, so big drones, basically. And then there is the mid-range area um, that means um, aircrafts that are basically able to fly up to five, six, seven hundred kilometers mm-hmm. distance. Mm-hmm. That's like a car that you use basically, mm-hmm. but uh, more direct, more fast, mm-hmm. four times or five times as fast as a car.
0: Mm-hmm. And now when you, when you look towards the cost uh, of such a, an aircraft, like what, what is it that the range is from?
1: You mean the selling price? Yes. Um, very much dependable on how this uh, industry will develop. That means at the beginning, it's more like uh, today's aircrafts. probably. I guess soon uh, as these aircraft comes into, into market and will be produced in a, in a, in a bigger amount, they mm-hmm. go direction car costs. So mm-hmm. the, uh, the aim is that they come way more cheaper, way more um, uh, efficient in, in terms of production techniques. Mm-hmm.
0: They really will replace a part of the taxi industry in the mm. future. Now when you look uh, towards the development uh, w- what are your you know goals uh, for getting uh, the, let's say the first aircraft out on the market?
1: Developing such an aircraft is a very complex project. First of all, you have to start with the calculations and if your assumptions are correct. Then the second part is uh, to verify them from independent sources, but as well into simulator. Mm -hmm. So that's what we have done already, Mm -hmm. basically confirm our our assumptions. And now you start to go into the detail of the construction, so not only the the fuselage or or Mm -hmm. the surface, but as well all the detailed constructions you need to build up such an aircraft. Mm That's right now the, the, the big part. On the side, you you have to develop the prop design, the aerodynamic design of, of the wings in in, in detail. You mm-hmm. have to develop the control system that this aircraft is properly able to, to fly. And that's all all these, these many, many elements are into into development right
0: now. Mm-hmm. And do you have already like a fixed date when you say like this is our goal and aim to have it launched?
1: Depends on certification mm-hmm. rules. The good news is now there are the first time a proper certification guideline such that you can certify it. Obviously, that takes still a lot of time and uh, there are a lot of uncertainties into it. I would say between three and five years, it's a reasonable time frame mm-hmm. such that you can start operating these aircrafts.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm, I'm curious to know um, is when you when you look around you and you Probably talk to potential customers who are not in aviation, you know, like not the pilots who are, anyways, flying exactly. ready. What are the risks that they're seeing? Are they worried about failure engine? Are they worried about like falling off the sky? Uh, you know? The most thing I heard is oh, will we see
1: just on the whole sky just thousands of these aircrafts above a city? And I would say clearly that's not the case. There will be more traffic in the city, but. These new kind of aircraft are as Mm -hmm. quiet as the average sound of of a city. You will have uh, different ways of traveling, different uh, lines where you fly and so on. So this is a, a fear of the people. That is probably too much into their head, which will not happen. Mm-hmm.
0: And when you look on the technological side, how do you prevent, let's say, engine failure and things like, as I said before, like dropping out of the sky? Yeah, that's
1: uh, one of the big, big advantages of electric propulsion because you can basically uh, make it much more safer with redundancy, safer and with not much more cost. So having five or, f- or four or six engine uh, motors, electric motors and propellers and doesn't necessarily mean it costs much more. Opposite to today's aviation, redundancy, so two engines, is much more expensive than one engine. And electric propulsion, you can really uh, make all systems redundant and therefore you have always a second option to fly away or divert to uh, an airfield to land in a safe way and mm. so on. And this will help as well to make them, these aircraft much more safer than today.
0: Um, you briefly mentioned before regulations. Um, what is the regulations maybe that still needs to be adjusted uh, for planes such as yours to be really able to go into streamlining process of selling those?
1: Today you have certifications that are made for the last 40-50 years of aviation. Mm They are mentioned, for example, like the combustion engine has to look like this and that and that, which is not true for this new kind of aircraft. There is no combustion engine, there yes. is just an electric motor. And these guidelines have been changed now. So there mm-hmm. is a SCV toll in EASA, European Air uh, Safety Agency. And now we have the frame the first time to certify them. Obviously mm-hmm. this frame has to be filled up with data and information. Mm-hmm. So you still have to go to the process and it's still not totally defined, but it starts now. And yeah. I think this is the, the melting point where this comes mm-hmm. really possible
0: in future. Mm-hmm. And what do you think when you look into adoption rate of of these kind of aircraft? So you said like you wanna launch, let's say three to five years. What is it that you expect like people are going to use it? Like is it like mainstream, everybody has one at home? or is it more like specific type of people?
1: Not specific type of people, because everybody should be finally able to afford it. It will be kind of taxi service, when you want to fly from Zurich to Zermatt, for example, yes. and it takes you a half an hour, and it costs you like a taxicab. Yeah, then you really think of oh, it, you use that, yes, and still using less fuel, producing less noise, and so on. Yeah. And I think it's more the type that will define if you use it, mm-hmm. speed, comfortable travel um, possibilities and so on. I think this is the key element, not Mm -hmm. the one who is able to use it. Mm -hmm. Because that's the big difference. It's not only a rich person who can use it, it's basically everybody who who can afford a, a taxi.
0: Right. When looking at your team, I mean like you need a very uh, specific type of skill sets. I mean, not everybody understands like aerodynamic, understands like whatever is necessary for for aviation. How would you say um, was the founding process? How did you found your co-founders? How do you think of the talent here in Switzerland?
1: The original project of this aerobatic aircraft was uh, built by Dominic Steffen and Mm -hmm. me. So Mm -hmm. Dominic is the aircraft engineer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Me, I'm more the the commercial person, the finance person, I studied finance and economy. And uh, after that project, or or when we saw this uh, vertical takeoff landing aircraft, we got in touch with uh, Jasmine Kent, Mm -hmm. which is a software engineer and has this ability to to, to build this control software. So now we are these three persons that were the founders of this uh, venture, for Aerospace. Mm-hmm. We combine each other very good. So mm-hmm. the, the aviation uh, specialist, the software specialist, who does all the simulations and control system, mm-hmm. and me, the I would say the application specialist, as I'm from this helicopter operation and finance mm-hmm. side. Um, in terms of the team in general, we have very good uh, high schools. We particularly work very well on close with the ETH and the ZHW. Mm-hmm. They have a, a special aviation team, very lucky for us, a very, a very, um, especially these uh, skills in the teachers for this kind of control system that we, we need. Mm-hmm. So we very closely work with, together with them, and they are as well supplying future team members for our mm-hmm. company.
0: Now, uh, I want to go a little bit you know, more towards macro, uh, yeah. holistic approach of the whole aviation industry, uh, which I believe you probably know a lot about this. What, what do you see, let's say, current trends in the flying industry um, in general?
1: Obviously, electric propulsion and all this new technology is, is a huge trend, so, mm-hmm. so we call that the fourth re- re- revolution in, in aviation. With these technologies now are new ways of traveling, new ways of aircraft, much more quieter, that's one big uh, advantage, and mm, much cheaper, much safer, so we just have av- advantages. Mm -hmm. in these new technologies and this leads to a huge uh, momentum now there are a lot of projects going on there's a lot of investment in that area Mm -hmm. it really is there to change the whole way People travel in future, mm-hmm. and I think this is really exciting time to to be in this aviation area.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I want to take it two more steps. The first step I want to take is what do you think about autonomous flying? I and mean, we everybody's talking about autonomous driving, so I guess yeah. there would be the next step of like you know independence flying. You don't have to even do anything; you just get in. What do you think about that? It is totally logic, and it will happen for sure.
1: Autonomous driving will happen, yeah. in my view. Uh, autonomous flying too, it's already today, so autopilots are basically able to fly an aircraft from this side of the Atlantic to the other, to the gate back, right? So this is not something which is not possible. and these new kind of aircrafts, they will be flown uh, in very short time period or mid time period mm-hmm. autonomously. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Maybe not picking up someone mountaineers from the motherhorn and wrenching <laughs> them out. That might be take a little bit longer. But defined routes from A to B or from one mm-hmm. uh, city to the other or from one ha- building to the other. This will very close being autonomous mm-hmm.
0: now and the second step I want to take is uh, when, when you look at 20 years down the line um, and, and your vision of what the world would look like in the aviation space how do you picture it for yourself
1: I hope all these kind of aircrafts will come alive yeah. and they will save a lot of time of the people they will as well save a lot of people because yeah already today helicopters save money peoples and these will even more help to save people it's fantastic to have this kind of opportunity now to really go that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Now I want to shift the focus more on the ecosystem. Um, again, you said like you work very close with the academia, with ETH and etc. What what is it um, you know that excites you about like working so closely with the academia, and how does it help you know growing?
1: In our area, we have really specific needs in terms of aviation, in terms of control systems, uh, and building that up in a, in, a, in a certifiable way. This knowledge we have, we, mm-hmm. we, we're lucky that we have it. We have as well in Switzerland a very known aviation community. We have a lot of fantastic companies, as well electric propulsion. Switzerland is by far leading in the, in this area, that we have a lot of projects and companies who are going that way. Mm-hmm. That's not o- not only our company, and this ecosystem is very good for us, and uh, and as well the authorities see this way that the future mm-hmm. and support us in in in, in, in that. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I guess we have good chances to succeed in Switzerland or being part of this new, wholly completely new industry that goes up and that's a multi-billion uh, Industry that will pop up in the next 20-30 years.
0: Mm-hmm. And what do you say about let's say the local startup ecosystem? How vibrant do you experience it? Do you feel like there's a lot of support coming?
1: Yeah, I think uh, there Switzerland can do a little bit more. I yes. think Switzerland has it a, has a, has a good ecosystem in terms of, of start a company, but uh, I feel compared to other countries, um, we are still very reluctant to finance this kind of of of, of startups because yeah, there is not a real cash flow and profitability already behind. So we mm-hmm. have a, a very hesitating way of, uh, of 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 financing and helping these kind of uh, of startups yeah. because it's, yeah, they don't know if. If it's serious or not, and, and this is a little bit, uh, I find it sad because the, these startups in these new industries—that's the future of uh, working places will will will. Grow up, and where yep. will where will be future technologies growing up, and not um, if you if you support old industry that uh, that uh, mm-hmm. are at the end of the life cycle. Yes,
0: yes. In terms of fundraising, I mean, you're in a very capital-intensive industry, which is probably by definition when you're in the aviation. Um, how is that going? You know, with fundraising and you know looking uh, for, for these bigger amounts of money.
1: So basically, we are happily able to found our. Let's say seed stage on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, there is as well a risk. So before first, first, we wanted to want to show this aircraft, uh, and these figures are are right, and we don't uh, just tell any nice stories about uh, we can fly to the moon. No, yeah. we know this is a proper calculation and and we can prove that this is working. Now we are building these first prototypes mm-hmm. and test platforms to test the components and everything. Basically our seed stage and that's financed by ourselves. Obviously it's clear that the next step, I would say in six to nine months, we need the money and that's now the next step we have to go.
0: How do you keep your productivity high?
1: I have my inbox which is basically my to-do list and I write myself (laughs) mails and I'm constantly on that.
0: Okay. How do you foster a positive company culture?
1: I guess finding the right people and starting them the company. Everybody Mm -hmm. is uh, fully motivated and and on it and everybody does whatever he can. And Mm -hmm. uh, basically we have people around who are motivated themselves. Mm
0: -hmm. What do you consider your biggest mistake as an entrepreneur?
1: Oh, there, is, uh, there are many big mistakes <laughs> I did so far. So that's my ninth company I, yes. I, I created. Many of them uh, weren't that successf- successful as, as I thought, obviously. Yeah,
0: one particular you can point out that you would say, we can all learn from you, so we don't do the um, same.
1: Not being too impressed of big names, less impressive names, but very motivated people uh, that you should integrate in your environment. How do you keep a balanced life? That's what I want to do. So yeah. I I'm fully on that. Having the luck to 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 be able to do what you like to do is what what makes me happy. Yeah. So it's not like working for me, and that helps me to sure.
0: always be focused. And last but not least, who is your role model?
1: My founder colleagues. Yeah. Because I, all of them have a, a, a incredible big knowledge and are so motivated to 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 move this project ahead. It's always fascinating to to see them every day working on that for no money for 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 just having fun. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, my audience always is keen to hearing uh, advice from people who are in it, who are experienced some stuff. You have a moment really to leave your legacy out there on the Internet uh, with some wisdom that you have to share uh, with us. Um, Anything in particular that you feel like you have the audacity to give us some um, advice on?
1: As a really startup person, I just can emphasize everybody to try an idea that you have. Don't hesitate to try it. Um, Even if it fails, you learn so much for your future life. Um, Just
0: go for it. Whatever you like to do, try it out. Try to do it. Mm -hmm. Thomas, thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you very much, everybody out there who watched all the way till the end. Have a great day.